Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Before we get into this episode about the gold method, the gold method workshop, and where it came from and all that kind of stuff, just catching you guys up on what's been going on, I wanted to let you know of three things. Number one, as this episode we'll talk about, I now am accepting applications for the gold method workshop that I'm hosting from May 13th to May 15th, 2021. You can find a link to that in the description of the show to find more information. Also, don't forget to listen all the way through the end of the episode so we can catch the secret message from our mastering engineer, Brandon Yoakum. And finally, I just want to take a second to thank our sponsor for the podcast, Houghton Horns. For those of you that aren't familiar, Houghton Horns is a family-owned business in Keller, Texas, and their mission is to spread the joy of music through providing the highest levels of products, services, and resources to the brass playing community. One of my own guilty pleasures in life is diving down endless rabbit holes on YouTube for all kinds of educational content. You can find so much information for pretty much anything you're looking for, including music education resources. Unfortunately, on YouTube, not every single source of information is full of great information. And one of my very favorite things about Houghton Horns and what really raised my awareness of them way before they ever became a sponsor for this podcast is their YouTube channel. They have so many high-quality recordings and tutorial-type videos for players to learn from. And it's clear to me that by supporting Houghton Horns, you're also supporting the creation of high-level music education content for so many students to benefit from. At Houghton Horns, they strive to put service to the customer as their top priority. So whether you are a beginner student, a hobbyist, or a full-time professional, Houghton Horns can help you find what you're looking for. Go to HoughtonHorns.com for more information. Hello, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. I'm Ryan Beach, and in today's episode, it's going to be just me coming at you. Uh, we're going to be talking about the gold method. We're going to be talking about uh, this workshop that I have coming up. And uh, I really just have three main goals for this episode. I want to tell you about the gold method and where it came from to kind of give you some of the backstory of how we got to where we are talking about this sort of uh, practice organizational method that I use, again, in my own practice and in my client's practice for the past year. Then I want to talk about the workshop itself and what it is, what we're going to cover. And then I want to talk about who the workshop is for so you guys can start to possibly connect if you are someone who would benefit from this workshop. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to the first part of it, which is just going over some of the um, backstory, I suppose, for the gold method itself. Over the past year, or a little bit more than a year now, it's pretty hard to believe that it's been that long. I've been sharing about the gold method and how effective it has been in not only my own practicing, but in my clients practicing. Uh, but I haven't really taken the time to share what the gold method 
does. I have a YouTube video that explains what the pillars are, which is helpful in knowing sort of what it is and how you might apply it to your own practice. But we haven't really talked about, again, like what it does, what it provides for you sort of beyond the initial, I'm getting better at my instrument. And so I wanted to talk to everybody in this early part of this episode just about where it came from and what it has provided for me and how that solved some of the problems I have experienced within my own career. And so to sort of get us all on the same page, I just want to start out by saying the gold method is an organizational tool that helps you organize your practice to trust the process and to find your purpose. Now, I know for a lot of people, especially during this pandemic, they experienced a lack of motivation. It became, everything was taken away. We no longer had ensembles. We no longer had performances. We no longer had lessons or an audience to play for. And so a lot of people lost a lot of motivation. We're just thinking, well, if I don't have a lesson or I don't have a concert or something to get ready for, like, what's the point of practicing? And so... I kind of wanted to go into some of my backstory to share with you how I've struggled with times of low motivation in my playing and in my career. But this past year in the pandemic, I really haven't experienced that much of a dip in my own motivation. And I would really attribute that to the gold method. So for you to understand how I would experience no lack of motivation during this pandemic, I thought it would be useful to kind of exp- to talk about how I have lost motivation in the past and how I've come through it using the gold methods. So to start with, we have my education. During my education, I was incredibly driven. Uh, I had lots of opportunities to play in tons of ensembles. I think when I was in undergrad, I was playing in the orchestra, the band, the pit orchestra when they had that. There was a brass ensemble we were a part of. I was in the jazz band. I was in brass quintet. I was just going crazy, probably overplaying to some degree, but, you know, doing the best you can. I I really appreciated all those opportunities. I had great teachers. Uh, Obviously, Michael Anderson at Oklahoma City University, whom we interviewed uh, a little while back. And then Barbara Butler at Northwestern, Charlie Geyer at Northwestern. They were amazing as well. And I was really most motivated by a very strong desire to win an orchestral audition. I had sort of made up my mind that this was the path and what I wanted to do. I remember listening to Chicago Symphony recordings uh, and listening to that brass section and thinking, man, I really want to be a part of doing something like that. I don't know if my motivations were 100% pure, but that's kind of where I got that drive. And so... Uh, To skip ahead just slightly, I was fortunate enough, as many of you know, to win a job in the Indianapolis Symphony as principal, and then now as Alabama, or sorry, in the Alabama Symphony as principal trumpet. Um, Through having these jobs, I was provided opportunities to work hard, but sort of when I got used to the job, there was no more outside forces telling me what to do. So I didn't have a teacher. I didn't have, I mean, I had all these different concerts and stuff like that, but especially in Alabama, we play a lot of classical repertoire. uh, And and just generally speaking, the job is not, doesn't take all my time to prepare for. So in terms of pushing my limits, I sort of got into this limbo space. And I was doing things like trying to play really hard recitals. I remember what my second recital here, maybe it was my first recital in Alabama. I played the, uh, the Huna, Slavish Fantasy, the Birma 
trumpet concerto, the Peskin trumpet concerto, the Brandt concert piece number one, and then the Birma sextet. I was thinking, I'm just going to find my limit. And I did. I, I barely, if I, if you could even call what happened there, making it through the recital, uh, I did. I recorded a CD at that time, which is now out. Many of you know, and uh, hopefully have checked that out. And I was still trying to take auditions, although I was struggling. I was not advancing at all, actually. Uh, I haven't advanced in an audition since I won the job in Alabama. And all of this sort of coalesced. It just wasn't motivating for me long term. And I just lost a lot of my drive and motivation. I had sort of reached the goal. I couldn't necessarily continue to win a job to continue setting new goals. Some of that was in my control, but some of that's out of your control of what the committee wants and what they think. So I get I sort of fell into this place where I was doing what I needed to do to get ready for my job. But I sort of resigned myself to a belief that this is how things would be, if that makes sense. I was just thinking, I'm just going to play in this orchestra. Uh, you know, if we get a hard piece to play like Mahler 5, I'll have a, a strong reason to really get it together. But there won't be sort of a, a, a something driving me long term. It'll just be like whatever I'm doing to get ready for the job in particular. And so, yeah, like I said, I fell into this limbo almost to the degree where I kind of didn't care about the trumpet at all. I knew what I needed to do to be ready for my job. And that was kind of what I did. I just did what maybe you would call not the bare minimum, but I was not trying necessarily to go overboard by any means. I'm the kind of personality that really enjoys having a puzzle to solve. And so I got into weightlifting because I, I, I had that sort of itch to get better at something. You know, if I felt like the trumpet, not that I couldn't get better, but I didn't know how. I lost this sort of ability to see tangible progress. So I got into weightlifting and I, I really enjoyed seeing the progress that I was making in my strength. And I really enjoyed learning about programming. You know, it's just this whole another discipline that I knew nothing about that I enjoyed learning about. So we're going to skip ahead just a little bit. Just imagine that's happening. Let kind of low motivation for the trumpet, high motivation for learning about programming uh, and and weightlifting and stuff. And and over time, I sort of just, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I was just, it was sort of revealed to me. I, I don't really know if I made this decision, but I started experimenting with trying to combine these two ideas. So I was thinking, what if I could write an actual program for musicians to follow? You know how if you open up a sort of a muscle magazine or whatever, it doesn't have to be that, but that's a, you know, you could go on websites and they have, this is a sample leg workout. This is a sample chest workout. Or, you know, here's like a cardio, a 10-minute cardio, whatever, based workout. You know, and, and for people who don't know much about working out, these are great because you can just follow exactly what it says. Is it customized? Is it going to work for elite athletes? No, absolutely not. For, for people who are trying to get into understanding how to uh, structure their work, it's pretty invaluable, actually. So I started thinking, what if I could do that for musicians? I wanted to see if it would be possible to translate some of the peace of mind you get by following a plan and some of the purpose I got from following this process and just seeing the progress I was making in my uh, weightlifting. And, um, I, and, and uh, ultimately, through continuing to just experiment with students and experiment myself, uh, I was able to do that. The very first program I wrote was for the third movement of the Hummel Trumpet Concerto for one of my students. And I remember vividly what that feeling was like of like, oh my gosh, like this is actually possible. This thing I really thought was kind of impossible became possible. And basically I stuck with it. I just didn't, I mean, that would have been over two years ago now. And I've just stuck with it. I didn't stop trying to figure it out. And so, you know, here we are. The, the, the past year I've been 
Uh, I've wrote, written myself fundamental programs that I follow, fundamental routines, fundamental programs that I follow. I have one for etudes that I follow. I have one for solo repertoire that I use when I'm learning solo repertoire. I have ideas for organization and auditions uh, that I've used uh, in you know the CSO audition that I shared however long ago that was. And, you know, the thing that's interesting to me is the progress I've made in my own practice in the past year during this pandemic because of this application of the gold method. Again, the gold method is a tool. I have applied it in a certain way for myself. If you apply it in different ways, the gold method is still the gold method. And so the way that I've applied it, I've actually gotten better in a quantifiable way. I can see in some objective and quantifiable ways how I've gotten better. And so now the purpose of my practice, I, I'm so motivated now because the purpose in my practice is self-actualization. It's no longer just some sort of arbitrary goal way out there. Like that can be something that's motivating for me. And I do think eventually it would be a logical thing for me to take an audition again in the future to, to sort of synthesize all of what I'm learning right now to see how that works. But I'm so concerned right now with just pushing my limits, setting goals, using the organization and the plan that I have and, and trusting that process. And again, the purpose is that I am self-actualizing, self excuse me, I'm becoming the best version of myself as possible. And, you know, it can do the same for, for I believe, anybody. I've seen it work for clients of all different levels. I have clients that are in orchestras. I have clients that are students. I have clients that are just out of school. Uh, I've seen it be beneficial for all uh, levels of people. And that's why I wanted to do the workshop. I, I feel that I've learned enough and I've, I've gotten to a point where it's time for me to find a way to share this information in a way that uh, other people can synthesize it for themselves. So... Uh, that's sort of the backstory. I hope that makes sense. I mean, I hope that you can kind of see how a lack of purpose, a lack of a process to trust made it so I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get better. And without teachers, without, uh, you know, I mean, again, I had concerts, but it became not, once you get used to playing a concert week after week after week, the concert itself is becomes less of a motivator. And so I just was tired of chasing having to do recitals or having to do another audition to feel like I'm getting better. And, and I, now I don't. Now I can just set goals and understand how to move closer to that. So while many, I just, like I said, didn't experience much of a loss of motivation during this pandemic, but it's from my use of the gold method and, and a lot of the things I've been sort of in terms of my perspective, uh, which we're going to cover that in just a second after this little small break. Uh, so hopefully that was helpful for you to get some of that backstory and, and kind of get you uh, a little bit, well, a little bit, uh, I guess, more of my backstory as well, just to kind of understand me a little bit better. Uh, after this little break, we're going to dive into the workshop itself, talk about the details of what will be there, and then uh, we'll go from there.
All right, so the workshop itself is going to be May 13th, 14th, and 15th. They're gonna be long days. I have it scheduled from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There will be some breaks in there, don't worry, breaks for lunch, and there's an actual practice break in there so we can have people practice with these things that we talk about, and then we can come back and discuss the addition into their practice sessions and what that's like. But to start with, we're going to spend day one talking about what our commitment to our practice sessions mean. And so uh, there's a book called The Second Mountain that I think has some really great discussion on this. So we will start with that, talking about the idea of joy versus happiness. I think sometimes if people get the idea that practice should be fun, which it can be fun, but if the purpose is that it's fun, anything that's hard or is an obstacle uh, will be viewed as not fun. And it's going to be very difficult to see long-term progress. So uh, I, I think what I would like to do is present, present a perspective of how we use delayed gratification to experience greater joy in the long run. And then understanding that if we're delaying gratification of the, the initial thing we want, we need to find a why. We need to understand how we need to view ourselves and view our work in such a way that it's it's worth it, so to speak, in the short term while we are delaying gratification of that singular thing we are looking for. So we're going to be talking about some Don Green-related stuff. We're going to be talking about practice principles that I use with my own clients. We're going to be building some statements of affirmations around that. We're going to be talking about the process over the outcome, trying to release the result uh, and focus on the process. I'll tell some of my own stories about auditioning and stuff like that. And then we'll have some general discussion about all that. The goal would be to understand what the commitment to our instrument means, how we will pick principles that will give our work overall purpose, and how to understand a healthy perspective on our growth as musicians or about our growth as musicians. And we'll have an hour break for lunch. Coming back at 1 p.m., we're going to have a group discussion. We're going to work together as a group uh, to choose five practice principles that are specific and customized to each participant. And then we're going to share those with each other. At 2.30, there's going to be a break for an hour and a half. And that you can do whatever you want to do, but hopefully you would be able to find uh, 30 to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour to practice, but we're going to try to practice with those practice principles in mind. And we'll talk about what that looks like. And then at four o'clock, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how was your practice with these practice principles? Were things different? Did you find yourself able to stay more focused? Did you find yourself a being able to sort of talk yourself and be more kind to yourself uh, when you were struggling in a practice session with these principles in mind? So that'll be the first day. The second day will be pretty much all about peak performance and sort of developing our mental understanding of how we approach our practice sessions to ingrain the most consistent result possible on the very first time. So the 10 a.m. session for 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. is going to be a discussion just of peak performance techniques. So we'll talk about how we develop skill, how the conscious mind, what we put into our thought for our conscious mind affects our ability to access the subconscious mind where our skill is held. Uh, there's also the self-image, which is a combination of our habits and our attitudes. And so we're going to talk about how we develop healthy habits in the practice room. And we're going to be talking about how we use a performance journal and statements of affirmation to build healthier attitudes, ways what we see each other. Because as one of these books that I'm going to reference, it's called With Winning in Mind, talks about how we cannot outperform our self-image. What we think we're capable of is what we will be capable of. So we're going to be talking about how we might break down some of those 
limiting beliefs for ourselves and how we can use that to further our peak performance ability. We're going to be writing statements of affirmation, again, for our, our reminding ourselves of our principles, writing new ones for our skills, the goals that we have for our practice sessions. We're going to be talking about cue development, how we develop cues to think about, to act, be able to occupy the conscious mind, have access to the subconscious mind. Uh, we're going to be talking about visualization or how I use it as mental rehearsal, how we incorporate that into our practice sessions to develop a strong mental model. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about long-term goal design through uh, a guy named Lanny Bassam, again, the, the man who wrote With Winning in Mind, and then talking about it with Don Green's approach as well. The goal of that session is to help Un to understand how we develop skill, how to develop a healthier, more positive self-image, how to incorporate mental rehearsal or visualization techniques to imprint a stronger mental model. There's going to be an hour break for lunch, and then from 1 to 2.30 will be a dis group discussion. We're going to be talking about centering techniques from Don Green. We're going to be discussing what the benefits of centering are, going through a process, and sort of what application of centering looks like in our practice sessions uh, and for something that we care about, like a recording or an audition or something like that. We're going to have another hour and a half break from 2.30 to 4, where people will practice, uh, the participants will practice with now these mental rehearsal techniques, with these affirmations for your to build your self-image, to um, being able to use these centering techniques, and then we'll come back from four to five and talk about that, what that was like. Finally, on day three, we are going to be talking about the gold method itself. For the first 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. session, we'll have a discussion of the gold method. We'll talk a little bit about where it came from, kind of what I talked about in this episode we're going to be talking about the four pillars of the gold method itself. Just to remind everybody, pillar number one is your practice must be goal-oriented. Pillar number two is your practice must have an optimal starting place. Pillar number three is your practice must have a logical progression. And number four, your practice must have a or should have a defined time frame. We're going to talk about what that means, how we apply it. We're going to be talking about progressive loading, which is a term I borrowed from uh, the fitness industry where it's just a, we're going to be talking about how our normal conception of how we improve might be something that's hindering us in the practice room and hindering our long-term, uh, not only skill development, but our confidence and performance. We're going to be talking about why setting practice boundaries matter. Practice boundaries in terms of how many skills we choose, how many exercises we choose, possible repetitions for exercises, or how much time we give for each individual uh, exercise in our practicing. We're going to talk about the difference between having a practice plan and having a workflow for your practice, understanding how to make decisions in your practice sessions that will allow you to get the most out of it and be efficient with your time. We're going to be talking about expectations for short, medium, and long-term term progress, understanding that in the short term, we would like to understand and have a plan to follow and understand what we stand for in terms of people and what our values are. Medium term, we would be looking for healthier practice habits and actual development of our ability to go into the practice room and possibly enjoy the time and not have it drain us uh, in a negative way. And then long term with be, you know, observable skill development, we're going to be talking about what that looks like. Uh, the, un the goal of this session is to understand what the gold method is and how it sets us up for success in the practice room for both long and uh, short and long term skill development. 12pm to 1pm will be lunch. 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m., we're going to have a group discussion just about various applications of the gold method. I'm going to be providing examples of my own applications. You guys, we could possibly, whoever ends up doing it, whoever uh, the applicants will be, 
We'll possibly make some plans. And then I'm going to share an app that I've developed with my very good friend, Tony, for you to be able to actually practice exactly the way that I practice for an etude. And we're going to then have our 2.30 to 4 p.m. break with our individual practice sessions. You're going to pick an etude to work on. You'll know exactly how to use it. And then you're going to practice with a practice plan, understanding mental rehearsal, understanding centering techniques, understanding what the values and the principles we're going to use for our practice sessions. We're going to synthesize the whole thing together. And then we're going to come back and talk about what was it like to practice with a healthy self-image or at least a healthier self-image? What was it like to practice with a very specific plan? Things like that. And that'll be the end of the workshop. I, it's a lot of information, I know, but I am very interested in giving as much as I possibly can of what I've learned so that other people can use it, they can use it in their own practice, and we can then get information and we can make it even better. So I feel I'm at a good, a good place to be able to share this information and be able to um, hopefully help people. And like I said, after this short break, we're going to be talking about who this could be for, and then we'll close it out. So one of the reasons that I planned this for May 13th to 15th is because I wanted it to be at the end of school or when school was out so that A, especially students who are interested in this, it possibly wouldn't conflict with their school or their lessons, uh, but B, that we could possibly get people right at the beginning of summertime some really, really solid information about how to practice and then be able to use the summer in a really effective way. So this, this could be for a fair amount of people, but there's three categories of people that I feel could really benefit from this. Number one, people who are just out of school, people who are, you know, they just graduated or maybe they're a year or two out of school, could be longer, but, you know, you're, you, you have a desire to uh, reach your career aspirations, but you have lost some of the structure of school and now you would like some information of how you would structure your own practice to be able to see that long-term progress you're hoping for, to feel the stability and security of having a plan that you believe in that you've designed yourself to allow you to be able to get quality work in and trust that process. Uh, another type of person that would benefit from this, I really think, would be people who have jobs, who are used to having the job itself provide the, like I was talking about, the motivation and maybe through COVID-19 you lost some of that or maybe you're just sort of going through the motions in your job. You enjoy it, but it's not, maybe you're, you know, you have some anxiety with your job or you would just like the ability to address weaknesses. And also if you've lost some of the enjoyment in the process uh, just due to it being a job, which can sometimes happen. I, I think the ability to set your own goals, to see this kind of progress is an incredibly motivating and enjoyable experience. So somebody who's got a job right now and kind of wants the ability to start to begin to look past the responsibilities of the job, I think would be great for this. And then possibly a really... Um, I guess, uh, not. I don't want to say the word advanced, but a motivated or, or 
um, like a high school student, a college student who is sees the value in getting a plan early, the value of being able to say, I'm young, and if I get some of this stuff established when I'm young, it's only going to benefit me long term. The idea behind some of this is that we are really looking at exponential growth, right? Because if we set up good habits in the short term and we just keep building on them, then we're looking at, I have great habits established. My playing is getting better and better. And as my playing is getting better, that means I'm playing better on average and it just begins to multiply. And so if you're younger or you're still in college and you see the value in setting up uh, yourself with a great plan to follow and being able to understand what the value of that work is, this could definitely be for you as well. So all this being said, I think I said it at the beginning of the episode, but if this is something you're interested in doing, follow the link in the description and you can find all of the, the schedule of information there. You can find where you would sign up if you're ready to sign up. And if you have any questions about it, there's a form for you to fill out as well. I'd love the opportunity to chat with you and see if there's any way I can help you uh, figure that out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am honored to be able to possibly serve any of you who are interested in this information. And I look forward to uh, to being able to do that uh, come middle of May. If you enjoyed this episode, I really appreciate it if you gave it a rating and a review on iTunes. And don't forget to share this on social media so other people can learn about the gold method, possibly find out about this workshop and it might benefit them. I want to thank Brandon Yoka for his work on mastering this episode of the podcast. And most of all, I'd like to thank you for listening. Stay strong, be kind to yourself, never stop growing, and we'll see you next time. Hello, 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 that's not Spit fans, and welcome to the secret message of today's episode. Today, I just want to give a big congratulations to Ryan for finally releasing his Gold Method workshop to the world. He's worked really hard to put it together, and I truly believe there is no one more qualified to be running it. So please, check it out, sign up for it if you think you could benefit, or just hit him up on social media to share in congratulating him. Yes, it's still a month away, but I think I speak for all of us when I say I absolutely cannot wait. So today, please do tell Ryan.